Welcome back to another episode of the Army in Time podcast. It's, damn, it feels good to be back. I can't believe it's been so long. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I was gone for a little while. So, courtesy of the Army, is uh, one of those things that happen when you're still active duty. Uh, I was on a wise tasking. So, not a deployment per se, not a... Uh, regular type of tasking at, at your base. If you never heard of a wise tasking, it's kind of like, hey, I need this type of job, this uh, rank, um, to meet this criteria to go here. So I was gone for a little while. That was me. Um, they sent me out to a very, I guess, popular as of late country in Europe. And yeah, it was pretty crazy so uh, a lot a lot that i learned um, i can't talk about a lot of, of that stuff uh, without getting in trouble so i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to dance around it a lot but what can i say um i left very fast and i wish i was able to address it more but i couldn't um i i learned a lot in that experience it was something that i didn't expect to be doing um i can tell you what i did though i, I did i was teaching communication skills or communication um proto i don't know like things to do right um the correct things to do and different pieces of equipment and stuff equipment and stuff like that so it was very very cool i did take all of my watches and i gotta tell you didn't have an issue with any of them all of them performed well. Uh, what was my most war watch the whole time I was there? I think it would be surprising uh, for uh, most of you. But it was not the Grand Seiko, not the Oris, not the, I don't know, whatever you want to name it. Actually, my most worn watch was the Zodiac uh, Skin Diver on the AWWC strap. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it was super comfortable. The size was right for wearing it for long periods of time on a on a very uh, unsanitary environment. So it was uh, it was great. The strap, uh, amazing. I mean, everyone knows about that strap already, so I don't need to continue to sing its praises. But um, I mean, no issues at all. Just continue to beat the whole time. Um, I didn't, I didn't watch that strap, wash it, not once. Okay. It was, it was rough, but, um, it's good now. I washed it and it looks just like new. So no issues there. Um, I would tell you, you know, um, it's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, later on, I'm going to talk about, or kind of like pad ourselves in the back for this hobby, you know, because, uh, it was an uh, interesting experience when it came to technology and when it came to watches uh, specifically. So uh, interesting story coming up, but glad to be back. Glad to be able to uh, start recording again. Since I left for a long time, I, I thought, you know, why not just start season two? So this is going to be first episode season two. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... Big break, 
might as well, you know, just go ahead and start with season two. It wasn't an expected break. I wasn't expecting to um, leave, so it, it caught me by surprise. So might as well. Hey, let's uh, look on the bright side. Let's start season two and, and continue to move forward. I think uh, episode one, season two, it's, uh, it's a good place to start. I'm honestly, I'm, I talked to Jason already. Well, didn't talk to him per se, but I've been texting with Jason and Cody. Um, and it, I'm extremely grateful that it didn't last the nine months that I thought it was going to last. And that it, I'm able to continue to record. So I'm, I'm ready to get back on it and, um, yeah, start getting together with Jason and Cody and Alex and, you know, everyone from the watch world, uh, Justin, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, so this season I am going to focus on a couple of things, but one thing that I want to do, I want to bring a lot more people in. Uh, I think I, I've been able to uh, plan this while I've been gone and not have a lot of access uh, to be able to create content. So the little break I had, instead of creating content, I focus, focused on uh, uh, planning this season two, per se. And I think it's, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool. Starting to bring a lot of guests and stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be cool. Um, it's going to remain the same crazy podcast about watches that you know goes rambles for 45 minutes about some military stuff and... It comes back to watch it somehow. So it's going to be fun and uh, excited for it. Now, the whole time I was gone, there was a lot of watch releases. Um, I can't really cover all the watch releases. Uh, it's uh, it, it was a lot of them. And I caught up on everything, I think. Um, it was some interesting pieces. I, I mean, you guys had fun while I was gone during the holidays and stuff with watch releases. Uh Obviously, some of the latest ones, you know, you got um, the Seiko GMTs that came out on a different platform, um, more on the field watches side. You had the Swatch coming out uh, last week or, or so with the latest iteration of the Swatch Pond, Blanc, Swatch, whatever you want to call it, um, ocean watch and and i think honestly i think that was the best iteration of that watch is it looks pretty sexy um so i like it i like it you know not not a still not a watch that i will go out out of my way to buy um i'm not a, i wouldn't make a long ass line just to buy that watch it's not for me but it was a great watch um or it looks good at least um i think better than the other other iterations that they had and, it, you know, like I was saying, it's not for me, but the fact that it's bringing a lot of new people into this hobby um, and getting to know Blanc Pond and the history of Swatch and stuff like that, I think is great. I think it's amazing, you know, to have more more people in this space. So I like it. Um, I'm a fan of it. So <laughs> that's that, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you know, the one that I noticed, uh, I think it was the beginning of January when it came out, it was the, uh, it was fairer. It came out with a, a new 
Arabic dial uh, field watch. And man, that thing looks really good. It looks really, really good. You know, they, um, and, and Ferrer has always been a company that has a lot of fun with their watches. And, you know, it's, they're not for everyone, but I think they're amazing. They do, they do a great job with, um, with their watches, you know, a lot of color, a lot of, you know, off the wall things that, you know, stand out a lot, but a lot of companies don't go with that. And I always admire Ferrer for sticking their guns to it. You know, they don't, they don't back out. They, they, they go all out every single time, you know, and it's, it's really good. This is, it's the, the Lander 4 uh, GMT that they have. The only thing that changes is that they did it on an Arabic dial. And I posted it on my page. You know, it's uh, Arabic dials have become all the craze since uh, Watches of Espionage, you know, did popularize the Arabic dial Seiko. So it has, they have become very popular. And Farrah came out with their Lander 4 on the Arabic numerals uh on the dial and it looks really really good you know everything else is the same everything else is the same um you get this uh pops of color you know it's kind of like a bluish greenish uh dial looks really good date window is circular um everything else is all the numerals and hands are white except the seconds hand and the gmt hand they're orange uh, they look really really good uh, it, you know it's it's fairer it's, it looks like a fur so you know no no change on that it's a solita movement uh it, it looks good and we'll talk about about uh solita more later but yeah it's solita movement no issues with solita uh 39 and a half millimeters uh great i mean it's a 39 and a half but it's a 45 luck to luck so this is this watch wears um very nicely you know it's not gonna be a, a huge watch and i love it i love it man and the arabic dial again something very um very famous since <laughs> since uh watches of espionage made it you know famous uh with their with his uh with his page and and, and stuff like that so but that one surprised me a lot. That one was uh, um, a watch that I didn't see coming, uh, and it was pretty pretty cool, pretty cool. And and honestly, didn't didn't actually see it, you know, talked about a lot. Uh, so yeah, that was weird. I've been catching up in all the podcasts and stuff, and it was pretty weird not to see a lot more fuss about that i think the riches radio guys talked about it uh but i don't think anyone else did i don't think anyone else did it was it's been uh it's been weird on that on that regard but i like it and when you go and if you want to see fair um offerings in arabic editions they have more watches that they have released with arabic dials that I had no idea about, 
You know, they have the Mansfields and the Durham, which are a little bit more everyday casual dress watches. Uh, the Lander is a little bit more sportier with a GMT complication to it. But all those three come in Arabic dials uh, versions and they still available. So it's, it's crazy that, um, yeah, that I didn't hear about this before. Cool. I always like Fair. It's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool release. Um, and the other fairer that just released, and it was a surprise, but a very welcome surprise, was their compressor diver. Because I have been on a kick for compressor divers for a long time now. Um, they, you know, I think that they're just a cool... It's a cool complication, right? That is not always seen. There's a lot of divers around, but this one is, it works different. It has a, a different aesthetic than than the, your typical divers. So um always been fascinated by compression diver, compressor divers, but uh, this Ferrer came out, have one, black dial and uh and that's it. And I think that's probably the most muted fairer watch that I have ever seen. You know, super muted, just black, uh, black dial with white numerals. Um, but now they came out with in typical f f sense of fairer. Uh, they came out with two new versions, right? They came out with the Hecla Carmine Red. I don't know if I said it right, but it's red. Okay, titanium series. Uh, is a titanium case, red dial, it, all red, and then white numerals with white hands. It looks sexy as hell. <laughs> it looks really cool. I like it. I got to say I like it. 300 meters of water resistance is uh, it's, it's a great looking watch, I got to tell you. It does, it's not available until February 22nd. Um, so that's... that's uh, I guess a bummer for whoever wants it right now, but looks really good. It comes with a red strap or it comes in bracelet. You choose a lot of, I don't even know if it, you ha, you can add the bracelet and then it comes with both. I think it is. Lumen Ferrer is always good. Um, never heard an issue about it. So great, great uh, Loom. Salita 200-1 uh, movement. 41 hours of power reserve, 4 hertz movement is great. You know, 41 millimeter, which you got you to gotta keep in mind. This is 41 millimeters, but this is 41 millimeters um, of... It's going to look like a lot of dial because compressed divers don't have bezel outside. They have the best internal bezel. Um, so it's going to look with a bigger dial um, rather than case, right? So it's, it's a different look than what typically people are used to it. Uh, 300 meters of water system, 20, millimeter, 20 millimeters lock to lock. It is freaking awesome. So I like it. But the one that I like the most is they released the same watch also on what they call Endeavor Ocean White. <laughs> but it's just white. But this pops and is sexy. It's white dial, white internal bezel, and everything, numbers, um, markers, 
hands all black and it looks sexy sexy i'm telling you this is crazy good and my favorite by far and this one is a loom dial so it's all the numerals are black so they don't have no no loom on them and all the markers and the hands but the dial and the internal rotating bezel all loomed right and it's extremely legible super high legible um is uh it looks really good matter of fact if you go to their page they have this little button by the picture of the watch that you can click and it shows you what does it look at night all loomed up and it looks good and it's crazy because the the you know you have the dial and then you have the internal rotating bezel but the dial itself has texture it provides a little bit of difference from the internal bezel and also it looks really good you know it looks really good uh, so i like it now this is the problem with this one there is only 62 available there's going to be available of this and i hate that because this one needs to be mass produced and just available all the time because it's that sexy okay <laughs> it, it just is um it looks really good so man so apparently i'm reading right now and i'm i'm, I'm wrong as hell apparently there's only 62 available initially and then it's gonna be more arriving after that so that's good but it, i mean this is this is really cool it's kind of like a cushion looking case it looks really good so if you know titanium again all that stuff so i like it i think it looks good and it will be a good watch to add for anyone and and that one actually is the one that surprised me the most when it comes to to watch releases um you know there is a lot more omega release uh, a new moon watch and obviously a bunch of other watches that have come out but i can't go through all of them but the fairer ones actually surprised me a lot and uh and look really really good so i like them i like that it looks really good and then obviously the 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 swatch and and the seiko gmts which i don't know if it's it's, it's they're different right because the, you had the seiko 5 sports gmt which were all the craze and then now with this ones which are the 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 field watch from seiko just a version for uh gmt and um and they look good they look kind of like explorer explorer type of watch um you know looks looks good i like it it's uh they're, they're pretty cool too but by far my favorite they're the 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 fur watches now the cool thing about about the seiko ones that you know i noticed is i i just don't like the the gmt hand but the rest of the watch itself is great it looks really good uh, but i mean honestly and it's the ssk 023 and 021 i think um but 435 bucks i mean you can't you can't complain too much about that it looks really good if you're looking for a watch that looks kind of like an explorer but you don't want to spend all that money or you know being on a wait list and all this other stuff then get you something like this and it has drill lugs so that surprised me looks pretty good pretty good
you know. So again, also 39 and a half and luck to luck 47. So this is going to work really good. I like it. I like it. Um but you know, that's that's it for for watch releases. You know, let's move on to my experience, the story that I want to tell you about watches uh being over there. And it's crazy because even though I was in a in a you know, pinpoint uh, tasking so i went by myself when i got there there was a group of us that was moving throughout right so obviously for those of you that have been over there you know how it is like any other place where we're involved um there is bigger bases further back there is smaller bases further forward uh, so your experience may vary depending on where you at <laughs> you know like if you if you remember when we were in iraq and afghanistan if you went to an air force base it was all the way back they were huge and they had star not Starbucks. What was it? Green beans, coffee, and they had Burger King and Pizza Hut and all that. Kentucky Fried Chicken and all that other stuff. So you could get your your camels and your rats uh, and all that other stuff <laughs> while you were over there. So you know that's a very different experience than when you were in an army post or a marine post, very forward, and you know you were small base and not a lot in it so very different so i was in the army marine version of this place right very forward um very uh learning environment because it's you know we spent 20 25 years fighting uh guys in man jammies so very different than what we're doing here with near peer adversaries and i'm not going to talk a lot about a lot because i don't know what i can say yet so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get in trouble um but very, uh, very uh, different in learning environment for me also, even though I was, I was the one teaching, right? Because now we have to take into consideration that we're fighting someone who is technically and by all accounts that we can tell um, similar to us when it comes to capabilities. And even if they're not close to, right? So a lot of times... You know, in the last 20 years, we spent a lot of money telling people like me that the ways of communicating were wrong and we're moving towards a more digitalized, computer-heavy environment. Um, and it's, I guess, is the best way I can put it, right? And everyone, you know, had to get used to a new way of communicating where we provided commanders, you know, a common operating picture 24 7 the days of the commander having to entrust really a company commander or a battalion commander for what was happening down on the ground were gone really because higher commanders the battalion commander the brigade commander the division commander it doesn't matter higher commanders could see hear, and monitor boots on ground and situation on ground Constantly 24-7. So this is the problem now. We can't anymore. <laughs> we can't, right? We have to go back to the old ways because near-peer adversary is very different. And you can't spend a lot of time providing that common operating picture because a missile will be on top of your head. So <laughs> that's the best way I can put it, okay? 
Um, not much more I can say. But the cool thing is, because of that, depending on where you were at, is the things that you could use or have. And as we move forward, some of the things that we lost was the ability to be on our internet providing devices all the time. So if emitted an, a, a network signal, we couldn't use it. Meaning we could not use a smartwatch. Because even though if it was a smartwatch that was not connected to the internet, you can st you still had sensors for GPS that we were not allowed to have where we were at, at times, right? Long times, which meant a lot of the guys that were moving with me, there was a point where we were told, hey, you can have your cell phones or your smartwatches with you every time you're in this area or forward. And now they had no watches. <laughs> the only one in the group. No, there was two of us. They had analog watches or old school watches, non-smart watches. It was me and this other guy. The other guy had a, a plain G-Shock with no Bluetooth. Everybody else had smart watches. None of them could use them. So it was funny because um, everybody else had to, you know, wait until they were back to buy a watch uh at you know that they could use where we were at um I, I like i said i brought all my watches so i had no issues and i was not gonna let all these people that i don't know run around with my watches because i didn't know that i was gonna see them again so <laughs> it was a no-go uh but you know as we got to meet the other side the guys that we were teaching right uh, on different or that they were augmenting or whatever the case was for me teaching. Um, they had a lot of really cool watches. A lot of time stuff that are not, is not seen here, right? Because it's our version of micro brands in, in the European continent, especially the Eastern um, European countries. So a lot of different brands that I never heard in my life that I never seen uh, pretty cool stuff, but it was interesting to see what their likes were, right, compared to us, what they were looking for in a so-called tool watch, what they were looking for in watch to beat around. Um, they pretty much use any watch was a tool watch. It didn't fucking matter to them, <laughs> you know, and we're over here um, asking for 900 meters of water resistance on a watch from from a micro brand that needs to be only 300 bucks so um, crazy but very very insightful to see the the importance that they put on watches and time compared to us and all the stuff that they don't um you know uh, care about i guess uh it, and for me it was uh interesting know situation i liked it i enjoyed it uh but i was so happy when they said hey you know you, we can't we can't have uh smart watches from this point forward um and it was hilarious and it was a small pat in the back you know like i've been telling y'all forever so suck it and uh leave those damn garments and apple watches somewhere else <laughs> so it was it was great it was great um you know 
and and let me tell you, uh, one of the things that we did was, you know, it's it's not just hey, this is what we think it can happen, so you can't have smartwatches. Not it was, let me show you what happened. Then now we know we can't have smartwatches, and it's not only smartwatches. It's smartwatches, cell phones, you know. Um, you can't have um, computers that are connecting to the internet. Uh, they have, you know, your land uh, turned on or anything like that. You have to turn it off. Uh, but everything, when it comes to the military itself, right? Um, all the equipment that we do have, that I'm not going to mention here, but all the equipment that we do have, have to turn futures off. We have to turn them completely off. Um, use them in a matter of as fast as we can, you know, a couple minutes and then turn them off. The days of, like I said, of that common operating picture across the whole battle space for everyone to see, all the time is gone. So it's, it's everything. But for me with watches, it was interesting to see and it was, uh, it was amazing uh, to make fun of uh, everyone else. <laughs> so it was cool. Um, but then again, like I said, my most worn watch was the Zodiac Skin Diver on the AWWC strap. Um, I don't know. It was just uh, an amazing wear. It was comfortable. I didn't have to worry about it. It's a no date, so I didn't have to worry about the date. Um, I didn't care about the date. I just care about the time at that moment for what I was doing, right? So it was, um, it was interesting and it was great. I loved it. I loved it. So um, insightful. Hopefully, uh, people um, buy more regular watches and forget about the damn uh, <laughs> smartwatches for the future. But I'm just going to say, uh, for those of you that are Ramble wannabes, if you ever get drafted, don't take your smartwatch with you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, that's that. And if you take a G-Shock, make sure it's not a Bluetooth-enabled uh g-shock okay because <laughs> if not it's not going to do anything uh now i mentioned that i you know this is going to be season two um season two episode one and moving forward i'm trying to br bring a lot of more people um in and i've been planning on what i'm going to do uh very old school way with a a, a piece of paper and, and, and a pen <laughs> so and all that stuff but one of the things that i want to do right and uh and I think, you know, some of the other podcasts, I know Rich Cheese Radio talked about it a little bit in one of their episodes lately. Um, Teddy Baldessar talked about it a little bit. Um, but one of the things that I want to I want to focus on in this season is uh, microbrands. And, it, you know. I've always been a champion of microbrands compared to big brands. Everyone knows that. I'm a champion of microbrands. I love Notice. I love Sanging. I love Resco. I love Traska. I love um, um, uh, Formex. Uh, I love Jack Mason. I love Raven, Dryden. Um, uh, you know, you name it. <laughs> Laurier. I love all of those uh, microbrands. I think they're great and you know but i think that i need to put my my money where my mouth is you know and i've been talking about micro brands for a long time but i want to focus on them i want this season i want to focus on them i want to talk about them i want to bring them in i want to let them tell you their story because i think you know 
prices are not coming down, period. The days of seeing, um, yeah, they, they came down a little in the secondary market, but when we, I'm talking about regular market, you know, MSRP, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And the dealer or the AD, um, they're not going down, period. It, you know, we've been pushing brands to, you know, put more and more and more and more refinement into watches and more technology into watches and more futures into watches. And then we expect them to not go up in price, which is honestly stupid. So because of that, price is not going to come down. Okay. Um, you have brands like Grand Seiko with an amount of finishing or a quality of finishing that is incomparable. And then you're talking about, you know, Omega with their advances in advancements in technology, movement technology, and, and other types of technology around or improvements around watches that is, is insane. But at the same time, you can expect these companies to not push those prices up when they're doing all these things. It's just how it works. So now, do I think that the hobby grows in that field i don't think so you know i don't think the feet the 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 growing of the hobby happens in that field so i want to focus on what us as leo first responders military how can i help us grow in this hobby you know and not have to tell you why a watch is worth 15 grand. Um, I think the growing happens in this field. Um, I think there's a lot of good stories in some of these brands. There is a lot of good things being done in this brand, in these brands. Um, you know, and yeah, sure, there is some missteps here and there. But with support, they can do a lot more you know, and they can provide a lot of quality uh, for us. And they, it's been shown the last two years. You know, I mean, I just talked about Ferrer with this compressed diver, all loomed uh, dial. It looks fucking amazing. You know, and you talked about, we talked before I left about Notice and their Notex clasp and, you know, the innovation on that. The, the the bracelets from, from Notice, the bracelets from um, Formex, the bracelets from, and the watches from Jack Mason, the, the, the incredibly cool things that Vortec is doing, the, you know, the watches from, from the dials on the new divers from Dryden. Um, I mean, you're talking about a lot of stuff over there, micro rotors on Baltic. Um, and you're talking about $500, $600 for watches. They're offering you stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. Now, is it in-house movements? No. And I said, you know, we were going to talk about Salida a, a little bit more uh, before. Um, there is nothing wrong with a Salida movement. There is nothing wrong with a Seika movement. There is nothing fucking wrong with a Miyota movement. Um, you know, and I think that seeing the perspective of other, you know, areas of the world on how, what they look for on their watches, how those watches perform in the environment that we're in all the time. 
And honestly, it's just, if I fucking gave someone a watch with an in-house movement and a watch with a Salida movement, more than likely they can't fucking tell the difference. And I'm talking about people in the hobby. Okay. <laughs> That's just the truth. Um, so it's, it is what it is. This, these are great movements. And if you're, if you're collecting watches or in the hobby, I said it before a million times. If, if you are in a rotation of watches, you're, that watch is going to stop moving by the time you get back to it. it it's going to go back to being on the dot for time because you have to redo it. You have to re, you know, wind it. So I just, I think that, it, you know, this is where the hobby grows, honestly. You know, people like Traska giving you um, cases and bracelets, you know, coded that you can't fucking scratch those things. Or, you know, talking about notice with innovation, with clasp and, and you know, what they're doing with their watches, with the deep. I mean, that's an amazing watch. I had to tell you, everyone was, every single person that saw my deep um, over there was in awe of the damn loom, you know, and how good it looks at night. So, um, it was, it was, uh, it was great, it, you know, and, and I think that, you know, yeah, sure. You know, there is the people, their snobs in this hobby have two things that I can give them, you know, but it's stupid to me, but I can give it to them. You know, it's, it's the, the brand stability and the brand equity, right? If you want to say it that way. You have, you know, brands like Omega, Grand Seiko, Rolex, um, you know, <coughs> established brands that it doesn't matter what you do. Um, you can pass down to your kids and more than likely those brands will be there later on for maintenance, for, you know, you know, recognition, value, whatever it is that you place importance on. And when it comes to micro brands, you, you, you don't know, you just don't know, right? Is, is freaking sanging going to be around 50 years from now right i don't know hopefully but i don't know right and and that yeah sure i can give it to them when you're talking about um brand equity you know yeah sure you can buy a uh, uh, omega and then you know turn around and sell it for the same value probably or Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on what watch it is. But you can't technically do that with microbrands unless it's a hype microbrand, whether it's warranted or not, um, that is doesn't have those watches anymore around and people do want them. Um, and even then it's going to die down in the future, right? So it's, it's not, there is not that in there. Um, but to me, it just doesn't, I just don't care, right? I'm not in this hobby to pass down watches to my kid that he can sell because he's not going to care about analog watches. Now, I do have some watches that have, you know, brand recognition and, and they're big brands and stuff like that. And he can probably sell for more later. If that's what he wants to do, then and that's what he plays importance in, then use those. But I'm in this hobby for me, for what I enjoy. 
and things that collect a story that I can pass down as a story. And to me, there's more value in that in the microbrands um, right now, right? Right now. Uh, sure, the Rolex that your dad wore as a cop for 20 years has a story. That's different, though. Right now, majority of the people that own the Rolex, the same Rolex that your dad wore, are finance bros that leak their own shoes, the bottom of their shoes every night. You know, I don't... I don't it's, it is what it is. You know? So, whatever. But I think that, it, you know, on every other sense, microbrands is where it's at right now. They're taking the risk. They're putting things that we would never expect. They're showing us things that we would never expect. You know, Studio Underdog with a pizza watch. Um, you know, poking fun at, at what people do in this hobby that makes no sense. Um, utilizing a, a, you know, cr um, freaking Chinese movement on, on their watch and still making it unresistibly <laughs> uh, wanted in the space because they sell out like it's no tomorrow. You know, it's... It's just, to me, is where it's at. And that's where I want to focus on season two. Um, giving these guys the ability to tell their story and give us, um, you know, what they're providing us. Um, and I think uh, I think that's where I'm going to go, you know, for for this season, for the entirety of the season. I don't I don't expect to be gone again this year, so there's probably be a good amount of episodes on this season. And I'm just going to keep it that way every year, new season. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, again, I'm glad to be back. Um, glad to uh, be able getting rolling with things again. Got to get back on, on with Jason, Cody, Alex, Justin, and every single other person that I have brought in before and, uh, and talk watches. Because, again, I did miss the community a lot. And I'm glad that I'm back uh, to enjoy this. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe I can bring Brodinky one time and just make fun of the hobby. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm uh, uh, this pod this this podcast is a little bit um it's a little bit dirty probably for for him and, and other people, but in the watch world. But uh, that's how we like it, right? So <laughs> it is what it is. And then the other thing is, schedule-wise, I'm, I'm, it's going to be sporadic, right? It's not going to be, boom, every single week I'm going to drop one for sure. And it's not going to be, I'm going to drop it on this day. I'm going to drop it when I can. And mainly because before I left, and I'm telling you, it was like a week before I left. I actually got my realtor license for Kansas. So now, on top of being a active duty army, and on top of being on the, you know, a small-time podcast uh, guy uh, in the world of watches. Uh, I'm also a realtor in the state of Kansas, so it's uh, it's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to be busy as hell. I got to plan my days very well. And, um, and it, but yeah, so if, if, hey, if you know anyone in the state of Kansas that needs a house, hit me up, <laughs> you know? I need to make money to buy these watches. <laughs> but 
but no, for real, um, it's, it's great. I, uh, I'm happy about that. I, I enjoy the, the real estate business and, um, and starting with that too. So it's going to be, it's going to be crazy out here. So just, uh, hold on, but glad to start again. Glad to be back. Glad to talk about watches and looking forward to all this stuff. Now that I'm, I'm going to be back for this whole year. I'm hoping that I can hit a couple of, of events around the United States for, for watches, some of the fairs and stuff like that, and get together with some of y'all. Um, it'll, it'll be fun and, and, and talk shit and, you know, talk watches. So um, make fun of their Space Force. Oh, I'm still a hey, dude. I know I said microbrands, but I'm still looking for a Space Force person. So <laughs> we're good on that. But hey, uh, glad to be back and talk to you guys next week. Bye.